are you doing? That's my girl he's kissing. But you just slept with me! I was only phoning you to get to Mary. Hello and welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Ken. And my name is Jeremy. And uh, this week, Jeremy, we are actually going to switch gears up. I mean, I know last week we uh, talked about an epic DC movie. Obviously, uh, we were all clamoring for the uh, Snyder Cut of uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, We decided to just change gears in a hurry. We basically are doing a complete 180 in talking about... Uh, the 1998 uh, co- uh, comedy classic, There's Something About Mary. Uh, but before we do that, Jeremy, uh, let's dive right into our podcast ritual where we do talk about one notable movie or TV show that we've watched in the last seven days. And so, Jeremy, uh, do you want to share uh, the movie or TV show that you want to highlight for this week? Yeah, this week I ended up watching The Book of Eli with Denzel Washington. Oh man, you're on that Denzel uh, like <laughs> kick that that wave. Uh, I mean, last week was what training day? No, 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 last week I said the the Departed. Oh, the Departed. Sorry yeah. about that. You mentioned training day real quick. Uh, Sorry yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because I was like, oh, I I have it. Um, I forgot I have it on Blu-ray, <laughs> but I saw it on uh, HBO Max. I was like, oh, Oof. I'm like, oh, I don't like, I don't know if it's good or not. So I just. Pressed play and wanted to figure it out. I didn't know it had Gary Oldman in it. Gary Oldman in it either. <laughs> you know, I actually haven't seen it. Uh, did you like it? Do you think you'd recommend it? Um, you know, I would say the first hour or about forty-five minutes are pretty solid. I liked it, but then it does start to drag a little bit, mm. and then it kind of limps towards the end. I feel, I feel like it. There's some twists. It was like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, the middle, the middle section, I think, kind of bogs it down a little bit. But the the first act is my favorite of the movie. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's kind of what I hear. I mean, I think that's the reason why I never got to see it or never got around to seeing it is because I would hear mixed things about the movie. Uh, there were some, like, I guess, good elements, just like you said. Uh, but then there was just, like, some eh, elements of the movie. And so, um, I mean... I mean, based off of what you're telling me, I'll get to it when I get to it. <laughs> yeah. There's another movie on HBO Max. I remember really liking it. It was a Denzel movie. I still need to rewatch it. It's called Safe House. Ooh, okay. I haven't uh, seen that. Yeah, I'll probably rewatch it, and I'll let you know if it's worth watching. Okay. Uh, do you remember when Safe House came out? Uh, 2012. Okay. So it's yeah. semi-modern. Uh, I remember right around that time, I think, in the kind of early to mid aughts I'm, I'm sorry early to mid 2010s eat the equalizer came out and i actually like that movie um you know there's just a lot of uh, a lot of action it was basically denzel playing the uh, john wick role 
Mm, yeah, I was since I couldn't find it on any streaming service. I just watched a book, the Book of Eli. <laughs> there you go. I was looking for the Equalizer. <laughs> yeah, I I would actually, you know, if you're just looking for like action, I know you like uh, those action movies where just kind of shoot them up and and you know the plot sometimes can be like it could blow you away. But I mean, sometimes in these movies, you don't really need a like a like a huge plot or a, a really strong one. You just want you know cool action scenes. Uh, I definitely recommend the Equalizer. I actually got to see that in the theater um, in twenty. I want to say twenty fourteen when that came out. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Mm. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. So, uh, what about you? Would you watch this last week? Well, um, you know, I was, you know, watching our, you know, the movie that we're going to be talking about. There's something about Mary on Amazon Prime. Uh, I mean, we're not going to recommend that you do watch it because I think they're about to take it off um, as of tonight. We're taping this on the 31st on a Wednesday of March. Uh, but the movie I want to highlight actually just got added. I, it's the first time I'm noticing it on Amazon prime video. And it's a movie by Steven Spielberg oh. starring Tom Hanks. Ooh. Sound familiar? You know, c- catch me if you can. And actually this was the follow-up to catch me if you can. This came out in 2004. It's called the terminal. I've been meaning to watch that movie. Dude, I think you'll like, I mean, oh, no, well, I mean, I remember how much you liked watching Catch Me If You Can, you know, you basically, um, we're glad that we made a podcast episode out of it in season one, but man, I feel like The Terminal was one of Tom Hanks's underrated roles. I mean, the movie has some pretty good star power. It's Tom Hanks. I mean, he carries the movie. Obviously, you know, Steven Spielberg directs the crap out of this movie. But it's also got Catherine Zeta-Jones and a pretty young Zoe Saldana. Oh, dang! Yeah. What, what what would you say the genre is? Uh, you know what? I want to say, um, if I had to pick one, probably rom com a little bit. Ah, but it's got a little bit of drama in it, so come a kind of like a hybrid. Cool. Sounds like I'd be interested in that. Yeah. And you know what? It has kind of like a similar feel to Catch Me If You Can with like kind of like the music musical score. I didn't get to research who did it or uh, or, or whatnot, but I kind of get those vibes. It's pretty light. Uh, there's, uh, you know, a few like, uh, you know, like dramatic moments, but it's pretty light because, you know, it's Tom Hanks with, um, you know, with uh, really good act, uh, with good acting and good writing, I should say. Yeah, I haven't watched a Tom Hanks movie in a while, but whenever I do watch Tom Hanks, it's always it's always a treat. I feel like. Yeah, man he he carries the movie. I mean, it it really is an entertaining, feel good movie. So if you're in the mood for something a little uplifting, something to laugh at, I definitely recommend the Terminal on uh, Amazon Prime Video. Nice. All right, Jeremy, before we get into uh, There's Something About Mary, let's do a little bit of episode cleanup uh, for our previous episode, episode 22 on Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, This past Tuesday, we ran our weekly real poll. And uh, and so, Jeremy, do you want to go over what the poll was and what the results were? Yeah, so on our Twitter and Instagram, right, we had our polls and the poll was, who was the MVP of Zack Snyder's Justice League? You had the choice of The Flash, Superman, Cyborg, or Wonder Woman. And in a runaway win, 
you got the flash with yes very very much intended he took the baton and ran with it at 71 percent. you got the flash yeah i mean i i could definitely see that's actually who i would have voted for just because i mean in two very key scenes um he basically kind of well he kind of broke his rule the first time just briefly just so that you know you saw that little bit of a time bending sequence so that he can activate the mother box to revive the man of steel and then obviously that end sequence uh, i just thought it was pretty it was pretty epic the way they shot that yeah that was so good he could have definitely reversed time brought vision back to life and ripped the soul stone out <laughs> mind stone out of his head too <laughs> <laughs> Man, that that would have been yeah, that that would have been very interesting. He, you know what though, he would have done it real fast. Yep, Wanda wouldn't have even known. I know, and you, but you know what, there would probably have been a nice little slow motion sequence, knowing if Zack Snyder would have uh, directed that, he would have come up with like twelve different angles and twelve yeah. different slow motion scenes within the same scene. And that's twelve minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly exactly well um to vote on our next poll i mean you know you gotta subscribe to both of our twitter and instagram accounts uh what are those accounts again it's gonna be at weekly real on twitter and on instagram yes and so we do put those polls uh every tuesday following a brand new uh, episode um and that's our for our main show on monday so uh definitely be on the lookout for that so this week jeremy we are meeting a guy who is still having regrets so many years after a disastrous senior prom date with his dream girl and he still can't seem to get over her in the 1998 irreverent comedic classic there's something about Mary. I mean, this is one of my favorite comedies of all time. And I was taken aback. I remember when we were still planning out uh, potential movies before even season one, before our podcast debuted. I was still, I'm still like just amazed that you had not seen it because I know you're such a huge fan of the Fairly Brothers, Dumb and Dumber. And so Jeremy, uh, obviously before the, uh, prior to this week, had not seen it. Uh, and, uh, but before we hear from Jeremy, I just wanted to bring up, you know, our spoiler warning, our traditional spoiler warning. We're going to be talking about, uh, and dissecting, uh, the movie. I know it's been what, 23 years since the movie came out, but heck, you know, we're going to do a 23 year spoiler warning, um, just so that, uh, you know, if you want to rent it, um, somewhere on Amazon or Apple TV or something like that, uh, you could do so if Redbox is even a thing, you could do that as well. And so, Jeremy, now that you have finally seen There's Something About Mary, well, first of all, did you have any expectations going into it? Yeah, man. Like, definitely when you were mentioning, obviously, before we even started the podcast as a whole, you were like, what? You haven't seen something about Mary? And, okay, so some of the things I was expecting, especially since it's, you know, the Fairly Brothers, uh, I was expecting, you know, humor, quick and like funny jokes just like uh like dumb and dumber and i was like i was looking for like the same humor or same type of jokes where it's like very subtle jokes 
that are kind of yeah. just just tossed in there without like even uh, the characters not even acknowledging it. Those type of jokes, just like in Dumb and Dumber, I was exp- like going in, I was like, okay, we're g- I'm gonna get stuff like that, uh, <laughs> and some wacky characters is what I was. That that was my, all my expectations. I didn't even know it was Ben Stiller. I didn't know Matt Dillon was in this. <laughs> I didn't even know Matt Dillon was uh, top billing over Ben Stiller. Uh, all I knew it had it had Cameron Diaz on it because of the poster. Of course, of course. I mean, it ended up being that it ended up being a pretty star-studded cast. I mean, there was a lot of recognizable faces, especially if you do watch uh fairly brothers movies i'm sure there was some familiar faces that you did recognize and we'll definitely get into that a little bit later on uh but yeah i mean um well did your expectations get met um you know as far as you know kind of like your first impressions i would probably say it, it did not i'm gonna warn you right now in terms of uh overall like just overall i don't i think this might be my lowest rated weekly reel episode movie wow really i'm, I'm gonna put that that cushion right now because <laughs> oh, i know okay. I, I know ken was like um like you're gonna like this movie i'm like all right i'll like because i was expecting like dumb and dumber and I'm getting yeah. I'm gonna push that cushion right now. I'll go into it a little bit later, but Ooh. it might be at or I think it's going to be my lowest rated. Ooh, interesting. Okay, you know what? I'm sort of now getting a a, a feel of like kind of what your humor is like, and obviously it's not. I guess there's something about Mary adult like humor. Okay, I'll remember that in the future. <laughs> no, no, I'm, uh, I, this is actually has caught me off guard, and so, um, I mean, do you want to kind of talk about your overall thoughts and, and kind of break it down a little bit. I mean, I, I'd be more than happy to yeah, kind of debate yeah. that with you. Yeah. So some of the things, uh, that I guess I didn't like some of the main points, I guess, uh, will probably just be the characters. Maybe I, maybe I had the main issue with, um, Ben Stiller's character, Ted, probably mm-hmm. like, I didn't care too much. I didn't, yeah, I didn't really care for him much, especially the, like, I was surprised of, how little screen time he actually got uh and screen time with Mary is not very much especially when you compare it to to Matt Dillon's character of uh what's his name Pat Pat Healy, Pat Healy. Yeah. yeah and i was like man they're really spending a long long time with uh with Healy mm-hmm. and yeah i mean so i did really like i did like some of the jokes in the mm-hmm. movie some of the ones that were like so random, but some of the more uh, maybe gross <laughs> uh, humor, I didn't exactly find funny because it was so because it was so in your face. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Well, I mean, I guess to address the whole like screen time for for Ben Stiller, I know that you know, especially at the time, I mean, he was. Yeah, right around this time, he was um, starring in movies sort of like uh, what Zoolander, Meet the Parents was uh, shortly after this. Um, I know he had, um, you know, Meet the Fockers, which was the uh, which was the sequel to Meet the Parents. 
Um, and uh, I mean, he even uh, starred in that one comedy with uh, with Jennifer Aniston along with Kane Pauly. So he he's you know he's always kind of played that underdog uh, role in terms of like you know like comedies and everything. Uh, but with Ben Stiller as one of the the headliners, I think they chose to have like you know obviously different suitors for mary Mm -hmm. and obviously by the end of the movie um you know mary's obviously the central uh i guess key figure and so now you're talking about ted you're talking about pad healy you're talking about norm slash tucker uh you're talking about dom at the end and you even got brett Favre at the end (laughs) so i mean it was I don't know if it was a kind of like an expectations thing, but I, I don't know. I, that's kind of like how I'm trying to uh, break things down is that I, I feel like this is um, maybe there was that expectation there. I didn't really have any expectations going into this. And that's why, um, that's why I think I enjoyed it back in 1998 when I originally saw it in the theater. I see there were, I, I want to say I'll just spoil it right now, but my favorite scenes are with Pat Healy. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> He's so good in this movie, so good in this movie, and, and so obviously I know I have this. Uh, I mentioned on our, uh, I guess, our rundown. Um, like, how would you compare it? I know, you know, Dumb and Dumber probably in a landslide. You like that movie over? Uh, there's something about Mary, but were there? certain aspects of there's something about Mary that you surprisingly did like over dumb and dumber. And, uh, and I guess vice versa too. Was there anything that, um, that you thought dumb and dumber did way better than there's something about Mary? Yeah, I would probably say the, uh, the big standout would be just the main characters of Lloyd and Lloyd and Harry. They're, they're dumb that it's funny, but that you still they're still lovable, mm-hmm. right? There's that lovable uh, lovableness that I think are kind of is kind of missing from the main characters, uh, even Ted, in my point of view. In some, there's something about Mary, uh, but what I did because <laughs> trust me, there were still points in the, in uh, something about Mary that I was still laughing out loud, and it was probably uh, <laughs> like I don't know. Still, the uh, politically incorrect jokes, I still get, still get me, uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll get into that later. Yeah. yeah okay. I, I already can think of a few of them. I mean, obviously, they're probably by Pat Healy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> oh man, it's so good. But you know what, Jeremy? Let's go ahead and transition into our topics. Uh, I do have a couple of uh, them for you. Uh, the first topic that I want, kind of wanted to bring up in uh, There's Something About Mary is, well, who do you think, out of all of Mary's suitors, who do you think did the most to try to win Mary's affection? I would probably say Norm, who plays Tucker. That's a, what my opinion would be, because I honestly thought he was actually, you know, uh, physically disabled. He is on his <laughs> on his crutches. <laughs> Except for there, there was that that one thing when he was trying to pick up the keys. That <laughs> I, at first, um, I was like, "Man, this is so inappropriate." 
<laughs> that uh, I'm like, man, they're just making fun of him. But I'm now I'm glad that he was not actually physically disabled because then that would have been so messed up but because i was cracking but i was cracking up too much (laughs) during that scene especially when um when mary was about to close the door and you could still see him through the crack (laughs) yeah i know i like how she was like trying to help him but not really like trying to think so she was just trying to gently nudge the keys closer to his hand yeah yeah but I would, yeah, I would probably say Tucker and Norm because I, I still thought, like, he was who he said he was. Yeah. Because with, with, what's his name, uh, Pat Healy, he got a lot of information about her and he was listening on her, like, almost 24-7. But, you know, he didn't really try that hard to change himself. So I would probably say, go with uh, Norm because yeah. he went from okay. pizza boy to architect. <laughs> yeah. Well... I mean, he did what, uh, I guess they, they mentioned that after he delivered that pie that one night, he literally just shaved off his hella long hair and his hella long beard and everything yeah. and obviously came up with uh, that story. Um, also, remember, he made up that uh, that false report that uh, he was a serial murderer. Yeah, <laughs> dang. Because at first I even believed him too. I was like, what? Did, he, did we not know this about Healy? Yeah, I, it, he he got me too. Like, I remember the first time I was watching, I hella believed that part too. I was like, damn, Healy is actually a murderer. <laughs> yeah, because we don't know anything about Healy, uh, you know, outside of what, what uh, Ben Stiller saw him as. So. Yeah, yeah. And plus, he even lied to get, uh, well, remember he made up that lie about Brett Favre, um, <laughs> about how he said, I was like, oh, I would have popped the question if it weren't for one. I was like, dang, he used the uh, the disabled brother card on that. Yeah, damn, Oof. Norm. That's messed up. Yeah, man. I like um, how they keep mentioning Brett throughout the movie. <laughs> but you don't, they you don't mean, say his last he, name. You mean Pac-Man? <laughs> yeah, shoot, man. Oh, shoot. You know what? I'd actually, um, I agree with a lot of your points, but I will say uh, Pat Healy just because, you know, I know he's got, you know, he's got that background being a private investigator and, you know, him just being, you know, just kind of there with all of his equipment, with his, what, he had the two sets of binoculars. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with that once, did that gross you out, by the way, when he busted out with the big ones? Uh, oh, yeah. The big hell, binoculars? Yeah, hell yeah. That was, that was a little bit much. <laughs> I mean, luckily it was just prosthetics and it yeah. wasn't actually the real thing. But yeah, I remember just like, oh man, I, that caught me off guard the first time I saw it in the theater as well. But yeah, I mean, for me, I, you know, just for him to dedicate himself, basically, it seemed like 24 hours a day to following Mary, having that, what, that audio, that microphone or whatever, so you could pick up, uh, like, I guess, sounds from like, I don't know. It seemed hella far. Yeah. Especially for back then. He was like listening through walls. I know. Exactly. And like he he already knew what her schedule was like. Um, He would listen on conversations so he could like kind of capitalize on it. But I just thought it was obviously funny that his general kind of like schmuckness just kept coming out. I mean, I I think it's just because that's who he is and Mm. you can't really fake that. Uh, for me, also, he ended up drugging Puffer twice. <laughs> I mean, yep. he got the assist with Norm 
uh, the second time, but still he gave Puffer downers that one time mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uppers <laughs> the second time. Along with Magda, yeah. Yeah. And he even <laughs> came up with, yeah. <laughs> and he even came up with that script with uh, Jeffrey Tambor, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sully. Oh, yeah, that? yeah. That was good, though. I like that scene, actually. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I I felt like he came up with like a, I guess a a script so that he can make himself I guess more sympathetic, and he ended up uh, you know just trying to explain some of his lies or whatever, some of the like negativeness that <laughs> that uh, Mary had uh, I guess figured out on her own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I thought it was pretty genius. And then, um, dude, he even got uh, what his he got his teeth fixed. Which was <laughs> that, hella weird. Like, I thought they were going to just do it for one scene and it'd be a gag, but he had it for like the rest the of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> His teeth were huge. They he were literally like, took. Yeah, it was. It looked like it hurt. <laughs> yeah. Well, he looked. Uh, he basically took what Mary said just literally to heart and he went out of his way to. It's like, oh, I love me some big pearly whites or however she said it. And he literally just took that advice. Those teeth were huge. Yeah, man. And then uh, the last thing I wanted to mention, dude, he ended up just what? Remember that flag football? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Flag football and checkers. Man, he was just cheating these exceptional people, man. Yeah. Oh, that should have been my my, uh, favorite quote. Because I'll, but I'll mention now he's like exceptional my ass. (laughs) (laughs) That was probably like my, my my favorite moment. That's so good. It was oh funny God, too because they were wearing T-shirts that said "exceptional people" on there. <laughs> yeah, God, yeah, that was that was so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so good. Well, you know what? Let's move on to uh, the final topic uh, here in the first half of uh, this episode. Um, it's kind of similar, but it's definitely different. Which of Mary's admirers, and we've got. Five of them, I guess. Six of them, if you include the the old homeless guy. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, which of Mary's admirers was the creepiest? I was gonna say Woogie Dom, because it was weird. It, obviously, you knew something was up with him. You knew yeah. something was gonna happen. I just didn't know he was gonna be the the Woogie that they were mentioning at the beginning of the movie. You mean the male model? Yeah, the ma- <laughs> oh yeah, the male model football star, or whatever yeah. that they were talking about, who travels to Europe or something like that. Yeah, so I thought it was funny, and, and it was just so weird that he was just like, like slowly breaking out into hives or whatever. Oh yeah, that was nasty. I was like, he's turning into some type of like monster, and it was just so weird that. I I did like that connection though, where it's like, oh, he ran he ran into Mary in uh, like Vegas or something, right? Is that what he said? Yeah. And but in actuality, if you think about it, he was probably just like following her and wanting to get her shoes or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, he I mean, she had to get a restraining order on him. Um. In in I mean, he he had all those uh love blisters that he called because like you'll notice um when. Mary's name gets brought up again, like that she's uh, still hot or whatever. That's when that first love blister appeared. Oh, I see. But and if anything, 
I know about the the these creepy stalker guys that love women's shoes. You know, just watch Mindhunter. <laughs> you oh, know man. what happens next. Oh man, oh man. But yeah, I mean, actually, you know, I will agree with you in this. I thought Woogie was the most. Cre- I mean, he had that weird twitch thing at the end too. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and it's pretty crazy because you know it. They made it seem that he and Ted were uh, pretty close friends. You know, like they were you know hanging out at each other's houses. Uh, uh, and they were you know Ted was hanging out with him and his wife and the kids and everything. So it seemed like they were pretty close in their, uh, I guess, their adult lives. Uh, but it was pretty crazy how Ted never made that connection that Dom was uh, Woogie. Yeah, he was definitely... Because uh, you can see some likabilities, even in maybe like Pat. He's just mm-hmm. like really dumb, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, in Woogie, he's like, it's just really creepy, I feel like. Right. Well, but you know, if if I did have to give, I guess, an honorable mention to the creepiest, I thought it would would be funny just to mention Herb. That's actually the name of the old homeless guy, because if you remember at the end, he was actually sleeping with Magda to get to Mary. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, ugh. That's pretty creepy already. Yeah, and he had a gun for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, man. See, he, he had a rifle, so I don't know. If he was like, if he was willing to, I guess, kill for Mary, that's actually pretty creepy. It's it, Sometimes it's the quiet ones that you got to worry about. Yeah, it's the ones that really play the long game that are mm-hmm. the creepiest. I know. He got that peck on the cheek a few times. He would get, like, free apples and stuff and just kind of play that the quiet guy. Ooh, that's scary. I know. See? So, honorable mention to, to Herb, the, the homeless guy. So, um... I mean, we're at that part of the the podcast where we try to involve the audience uh, with a question. And this week's audience question is, who is your biggest movie character crush? I mean, I mean, you had like five guys kind of fighting over Mary, actually six if you count Herb. Um, And so, I mean, who would be kind of like your movie character crush? Um, And it could be of all time or it could be a current one. Um, You get to pick. I would probably say the the most memorable movie crush, when I, at least when I was younger, was probably Padme from from Star Wars for me. Yeah, yeah. I was like, man, Anakin, why are you so whiny? You're you're ruining your chances with Padme. But then for some reason, she still liked him, even though he didn't like sand. <laughs> yeah, see that uh, <laughs> that dialogue in the second one just ruined it for me. Uh, because I actually preferred Padme from uh, episode three, Revenge of the Sith. I don't know. I just, she was a little bit more, um, I guess, more mature or whatever. Um, I didn't, I didn't understand how <laughs> she would like Anakin from episode two. So I'm like, kind of points, kind of deducted for your kind of choice in women. I mean, in, in men, sorry, choice in men. I see. Yeah. But that that's probably like the the oldest movie crush I could think far back on. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I, you know, Padme, you know, is a good one for sure. Uh, you know, I'm gonna give a more recent one, and I'm gonna kind of cheat because technically speaking, the most recent role this movie character has played was on TV. But I'll play the Infinity War and uh, Endgame. Uh, actually, there's two of them, man. 
I go back and forth between um, what do you call it, uh, Natasha Romanoff and uh, Wanda Maximoff. I see. But since we're talking about current, only because it's not July yet, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll I'll say Wanda Maximoff. Uh, and, and I think that was probably one of the reasons why I was really looking forward to uh, watching WandaVision um, was because we got to, you know, spend more time with her um, in, in Vision. That's true. The, yeah, WandaVision definitely added more to her character that we need to see. Yeah, just all these Marvel TV shows are adding so much to the characters. And uh, Wanda definitely was the, the main star of WandaVision. Right, of course. I mean, it's kind of by default, but still, I mean, uh, I, I remember after, I think I told you this offline, but I remember um, after completing WandaVision, I ended up rewatching Infinity War and Endgame just to kind of watch those and pay more attention to those Wanda and Vision scenes. And man, it, they were more heartbreaking, actually. Uh, made mm. me, it did make me appreciate their scenes a little bit more. And even though sometimes it felt like it, it, they were filler, I guess, going into like watching those um, movies the first time around. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, what always killed it for, for Natasha was that she chose Bruce. Oh, yeah. And not and like Hawkeye or Captain America. Yeah. Well, and the sun's getting was, real low. <laughs> Well, maybe that was a Joss Whedon thing, and he ruined something once again. <laughs> I know, but you know, he, he basically took the first Avengers, uh, the Avengers twenty twelve, and basically just lived off of that reputation. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you do have a movie character crush that you would like to share, definitely please let us know on our Twitter account. Uh, and or email and so uh, what's our twitter account jeremy our twitter is at weekly real yes and uh what is our email address it's at gmail just at gmail there's nothing else before the at gmail there is something you have it on your notes right (laughs) (laughs) i believe i do because you know what it is right here oh there it is weekly real pod at gmail.com. Jeremy, let's go ahead and take a quick break. All right, we are back from the break. And so, Jeremy, we are at that point in our podcast where we're going to be talking about the weekly real awards. And actually, it's going to be our first one of the new season. And so for those of you who are listening to our podcast for the very first time, uh, our weekly our weekly real awards, I should say, is kind of like our homage to the old MTV movie awards. I mean, I used to watch that growing up as a uh, young and impressionable teenager. Uh, I love the movie award uh, MTV movie awards because they were always so casual. Uh, they just had fun with it. Uh, I felt like it was the award show that m- like all the celebrities just preferred just because, you know, you could just act goofy. You don't have to wear like a black tie or anything like that. And it had fun uh, categories like best kiss or, um, you know, like best action sequence. So uh, we kind of took a page from MTV on this one. We came up with our own awards. And so, uh, Jeremy, the first award uh, that uh, is up for there's something about Mary is our get help award. 
for favorite comedic scene and the get help award uh, we got from Thor Ragnarok. And so Jeremy, who is your get help award winner? So my award is going to go to when Patrick Healy accidentally almost kills Puffer, the dog, Magda's (laughs) dog. And yeah, like you said, (laughs) (laughs) the the first time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When he gave uh, the dog, uh, the downers, right? Yeah. Yeah, the downers. Yeah, and when <laughs> when that first happened, like when they go to the kitchen, you know, um, when Mary goes into the kitchen, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, the dog stopped breathing. He starts giving it mouth to mouth. And then when I was dying, I was literally laughing out loud when he takes <laughs> the cord from like the, the telephone or whatever <laughs> and uses it as like jumper cables to... <laughs> to defibrillate yeah, defibrillate, yeah, yeah 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 i was like freaking hey man and it ca- then i started even dying even more when it catches on fire <laughs> <laughs> that was because i think that's when i laughed the hardest oh, in yeah, this movie that, yeah that was that was so good and i mean even the setup before that and, and i'll get into that part of it a different award it's there was i don't know that whole setup just the the conversations between the three way conversations between um healy and and magda and and mary were just so good uh because you know you could tell he was trying really hard to impress mary and uh they still didn't they, they still don't know pat well enough i mean and and they had no idea what happened with him and and Puffer the whole time, and he and yeah. he played it off really well. Yeah, man. Because but that, that's so weird because it's like oh he just has it wrapped in a blanket after, <laughs> even though it was like on fire. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Oh man, it's so good. Well, um, my favorite comedic scene has to be well, it's going to be the obvious choice. It's uh, the Franks and Beans. Um, the scene uh, and i know it's probably not your brand of comedy but i will it, it, it i don't know it's just the whole thing the f- first the, the i guess the song the <laughs> why do birds suddenly appear and then all of a sudden <laughs> just things just it, it went from like this whole innocent gentle like vibe to like it did a complete 180 into the whole sound of the zipper I don't know. You got to listen to it again. Yeah, and then yeah. Ted's shriek. It sounded genuinely like he got his thing caught in a zipper. Yeah. Because like, oh, okay. So I have to say like uh, when he accidentally sees Mary across the way from the, the window, I thought that was really funny because he was genuinely looking at the birds. Very, very much dumb and dumber esque. But yeah, the, the whole Franks and Beans thing, especially when they do a very strong close-up <laughs> i was like that's a little much <laughs> yeah dude like the whole time uh and i guess keep in mind uh, i was actually watching this in the theater i was literally cracking cracking up so hard that i i at one point was drooling all over myself just because i don't know i was just dying of laughter because hey, my humor tends to be more raunchier than jeremy I feel like Jeremy actually has a, a more pure sense of humor than I do. I just like just, just I don't know, just random like in in your face things, you know. And obviously, this is as in your face as you could get. Mm-hmm. 
That's I the mean, word I was looking for, raunchy. Maybe raunchy isn't my thing. Yeah. And see, I'll I'll remember that for future future episodes and um I might still throw in a curveball every now and then just and I'll try to throw you off the scent just cuz I think episodes like this are going to be good. <laughs> Can't yeah. always agree on movies, right? Yeah. I mean, you didn't like High School Musical as much as I did. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I mean, yeah. we, we like what we like and we're, mm-hmm. all, you know, we're different. Uh, but I will mention the, I think I mentioned it to you, uh, I mentioned this to you offline. I think when we were kind of talking about there's something about Mary when we were planning it. Uh, but I wanted to share this story. I felt like that day, oh, I was still, I guess, in between high school and college. I had just graduated uh, high school in the summer of 1998. And that particular day, me and two of my cousins, we ended up watching a double feature that was brutal to watch, but for two very different reasons. There's Something About Mary was our first movie on that uh, double header. Mm-hmm. That second movie was Saving Private Ryan. And <laughs> <Damn>. both <laughs> were really intense for very different reasons because, man, when that zipper shot showed... I didn't think they were going to show it because they were they kept teasing it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like they had the uh, it was weird. They had Mary's dad like sitting on the toilet, at, literally facing it, and obviously you know he was surprised when he saw what he saw. Yeah, and then Mary's mom like had the the back teen and sprayed it, which is I think an underrated funny part. The fact that she just like sprayed it, it just like her, she's just like, Psst. and then it was, <laughs> and then like Ted was like, "Ow, what the heck." And then obviously the 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 first responders come in in one through the window and one through the door, which was hilarious. Um, and and I and the reason why I like it in the underrated part of it was all the all of the dialogue from not only Mary's dad, which was hilarious. Mm-hmm. I mean, he came up with, "Is it the Frank or the Beans?" And then he was like, "Oh, um, how in the hell did you get the beans above the Frank?" <laughs> and then you're like visualizing it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just trying to figure out. I was like, okay, well, I don't know if they're going to show it, but man, I don't know why I'm visualizing it now. And then in the background, you just hear Warren. And this is what makes it funny to me is mm-hmm. that you just hear him, Franks and Beans, Franks and Beans. He was masturbating. He <laughs> yeah. was masturbating. <laughs> yeah, when he's getting uh, on the stretcher on the way to the ambulance. <laughs> Yeah, it's that whole thing. It's just like the audio part for me just made the movie and uh, that part, I should say. Um, And so I don't know. It was just funny to me. It's my type of humor. And I think that was probably the reason why I thought you may have liked it. But hey, you know, I can't always be right. Yeah, it, it was one of the, some of the things where it's like I I, I, I found it funny when, you know, uh, Mary's dad or stepdad was like, uh, you know the Franken beans, right? And just teasing it, just you gotta just tease yeah. it. Yeah. But then it went a little bit too little far too, for me when far. they <laughs> when they just do that extreme close up. I'm like, I would have been good not seeing it, <laughs> dude. Like, uh, the reaction from the movie theater, even if it was a matinee crowd, it was pretty loud with the oh yeah <laughs> yeah. I would I would assume. Oh, it was pretty good. It was so good. Uh, oh, man. Well, Jeremy, let's move on to the next award. 
uh, which is the I Am Groot Award uh, for favorite character. And so uh, I Am Groot is from the Marvel or the MCU movie, I should say, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. And so, uh, Jeremy, who's your I Am Groot Award winner for favorite character? Uh, my favorite character, I kind of spoiled it earlier, but it's Matt Dillon's Patrick Healy because, man, every time, like, I guess all, most of his scenes is what is what I enjoyed about the movie because he's such this, he's such a, he's such a bastard, you know, <laughs> like, he's, like he's so weird, <laughs> like, and in in a way he was, but he was so funny, in a way that it was. It was he was dumb because about that whole like mouth teeth thing, <laughs> but then it wasn't to the point of like woogie, yeah, yeah, and a lot of the, his jokes were so inappropriate. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. and I'll point one out later. All right, sure. sounds sounds good. Well, my winner for the I Am Groot Award for favorite character has to be Mary, just because obviously the movie is about Mary. I think um, Cameron Diaz, I guess she played the part perfect in the way that uh, the Fairly Brothers try to uh, portray who Mary Jensen, it really is, you know, and, and for especially me when I was growing up, I was like, man, that is the perfect girl, you know, someone who's attractive, she's funny, she's got that bubbly personality, she's successful, and uh, well, most importantly, and... Jeremy, I know at the at the very end, uh, there's that one part where Ted's asking, uh, you know, like there was that little uncertainty before, like they kind of end up hooking it up, uh, I guess, getting together, I should say. Ted asks, well, what about Bet Brett Favre? And then Mary goes, what did I tell you the first time we met? I'm a Niners fan. Just the way she said, it, I was like, "Yes, she's a Niners fan." <laughs> yeah, oh, it, that clinches it. She's my favorite character. That's true. That's true, man. When she said that, and uh, if you guys don't know the listeners, yeah, we're from San Francisco, so we're Niners fans as well. And when she said that, I'm like, "Yeah, for sure." Like, definitely, she's that that dream girl type of uh, that vibe. Because I think what I do agree with you uh, also that uh, she's very much that that. Uh, perfect girl type thing, especially when she just says, "I'm just looking for a guy." A guy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember, remember when she, Prince oh, Charming or something, right? Remember when she was talking with her friends and she was like, "Oh, you know," basically describing what she's looking for. Basically, <laughs> someone who just drinks beer, <laughs> not light beer, but real beer. Uh, someone who likes hot dogs, sausage hot dogs. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, who, where are you going to find a fatty who, who likes golf and everything? <laughs> it's like, where are you going to find a gem like that, Mary? So I was like, dude, just gave hope to us regular folk, you know? <laughs> yeah, so it's I, I do agree that she's a uh, yeah, different character that I haven't really seen much of before. Yeah, because, you know, like, obviously, you know, she's portrayed by Cameron Diaz. And, you know, right around this time, and I think you're a big fan of Jim Carrey, uh, four years earlier, I think her first movie role, if I'm not mistaken, was in The Mask. Yep. And that's actually where my crush for her back in the mid-90s started was from The Mask. Yeah, she was crazy in The Mask, man. That was, The Mask was definitely, he was, he knew what was up. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. Like when when obviously she starred in a Fairly Brothers movie, uh, and she was the object of everyone's affection. I had to go watch it, and she still had that girl next door kind of vibe. You know, she, you, she, you know, you could talk to her, and she'll you know at least be cordial and stuff, and not blow you off. Yeah, but for me, just at the end, I don't know if Ted getting with her worked for me either. I don't know if I bought mm. I bought it. Yeah. Yeah, just maybe the fact that he also like hired a private investigator to spy on her and all that stuff, and I don't know, I, maybe that that quick montage of them hanging out and stuff wasn't enough to persuade me to to like Ted more. Mm. Well, that's a plot point that is definitely arguable. I mean, for me, this being a raunchy comedy, I didn't really pay too much attention to like the whole plot. <laughs> <laughs> it was just mainly for the gags and, mm-hmm. and everything for me. Well, anyway, let's move on to the next award, shall we? Uh, you know what? Let's give out the Stan Lee Award. And obviously, Stan Lee, the creator of all the Marvel comic books and everything, and, you know, in basically all of his movie, in all of the Marvel movies, you know, it could be Sony property, Fox property when it was a thing, and obviously the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he would cameo in all the movies and so we're giving out the stanley award for best cameo so jeremy uh who's your winner so i was about to not pick an obvious one but then i picked an obvious one because it was my favorite it would be brett Favre, (laughs) (laughs) because or brett favre (laughs) it's i always find that so funny and just the fact that you know they they mentioned brett just, just his first name throughout the movie. And then I was totally not expecting that. All of a sudden, oh, what the hell is Brett Favre doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm playing the Dolphins, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, what the heck? So, yeah, I thought that that was my favorite cameo. And there was, I could definitely see that there's a lot, but that was my favorite. Yeah, he was probably wearing Wranglers, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. Oh, man. You know, what? that was actually one of the ones that I kind of wanted to do an honorable mention. I'm glad you mentioned him uh, because I actually have a, obviously a winner and a quick honorable mention. My winner. And you'll get a, you know, I think you'll like this one because he had a role in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Mr. Harlan Williams, a.k.a. The Hitchhiker. Um, for those of you who have watched the first Dumb and Dumber, he's actually the character who played that state trooper. That ended up drinking uh, Lloyd's piss. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, man, this whole that whole scene where you know he obviously gets picked up as a hitchhiker and he's talking about his big money making idea of seven minute abs. Just the way he said, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he, but first he has to explain, explain. eight minute abs first. He went on forever talking about that. And yeah. then, and then he, he he proposes his idea. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the whole you know like when they you know the infomercials and stuff they try to give you that hook. Mm-hmm. I like his hook for seven minute abs. He's like, if you're not happy with the first seven minutes, we're gonna send you the extra minute free. <laughs> it's like, come, dude. <laughs> I I also like that he had he was carrying that red bag. 
like in just in the passenger seat and i didn't even think about it <laughs> yeah well you, obviously they didn't reveal what that was until like later on when uh when uh, ted was getting interrogated by those two detectives yeah and obviously there was a chopped up body in there <laughs> yeah which where it got really dark yeah i was like oh dang no wonder they don't pick up hitchhikers over there Right, exactly, and it was pretty funny too. And I feel like I felt like an underrated scene if we were going to give out that award was the whole misunderstanding about. Remember how hitchhiking was illegal, and that's what Ted thought he was talking about. But then the two detectives were talking about the murder or the dead body, I should say. That yeah, the it's like I must have done it like fifty, seventy-five <laughs> times. <laughs> that was definitely, good. definitely an underrated scene. It was it was good writing, I think, in mm-hmm. that moment. <clears throat> well, quickly, my honorable mention. I think you'll uh, get another kick out of this one. I mean, gotta gotta mention Keith David, mm. aka Mary's dad. I mean, because I mean we're huge Halo fans, and he was the voice actor who played the Arbiter, the Mausoleum, of the Arbiter. <laughs> dude. And, and it brought me back to. Like seeing his face, it, it, it brought me back to watching those documentaries that Bungie would come out with mm. uh, on these, uh, I guess, collector's editions of Halo 2 and 3. Dude, I want to see Arbiter back in uh, the next Halo, Halo Infinite, whenever that oh, comes out. I know. I You know what? I'll probably get a... Wait, what's it called now? Series X? I Xbox? So. Xbox Series X, I think. Uh, I, I think that's what it's called. <laughs> Yeah, uh, gamers don't get too mad at me. I've been retired from gaming since what? My last console was the Xbox 360. So um, yep. I've been <laughs> I've been retired. So <laughs> don't don't send me any hate mail. So. Yeah, but Keith David and he was he was so good in that scene too. Oh yeah, he was. Just uh, j- he had so many quotables. I mean, we mentioned them a little bit earlier, but yeah, I, mean, I definitely got to mention Keith David in uh, the. I guess an honorable mention for the Stanley Award. So uh, let's move on to the next award, which is the Why is Gamora Award for favorite quote. And uh, Jeremy, I know this is one of our favorite slapstick comedy random quotes from Avengers Infinity War when uh, Drax the Destroyer (laughs) just said, Why is Gamora? It was so random out of nowhere. It was still it's still funny every time I watch it. So uh, who's your winner for Why is Gamora Award? So I give the Wise Gamora Award uh, to this quote, and I'll set it up a little bit. You know, Pat Healy was basically following around Mary, follows her to the golf course, and then they're just talking in the parking lot. And, you know, Pat Healy's like all pretending to be all uh, philanthropic and all that stuff. <laughs> and and Pat Healy's like, my real passion is my hobby. <laughs> Mary's like, really? What's that? <laughs> I work with retards. <laughs> And then Mary's like, isn't that a little um, politically incorrect? <laughs> and then just his response to it, just, well, huh, to hell with that. No one's going to tell me who I can and can't work with, right? <laughs> it's like he did not get what she just meant right there. Nope. <laughs> it's like that, just, you can see how much of a like, asshole he is, but that line was so good. Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, it's funny too because, well, my winner. For the wise Gamora, it has to be another Pat Healy quote. I mean, I you know I kind of wanted to kind of break things up and be like, okay, give it to Warren. You know, have you seen my baseball? Or that he was masturbating, or Frank and Beans like during that whole scene. But 
this one's more of an underrated, understated quote. Okay. And I, I uh, actually meant, I kind of alluded to it earlier. It's before that scene that you uh, gave the get help award is when they're just talking. And so, and it's funny too, because our cousin Aldrin, every time I see him and we, that's, that quote comes up and I'll get to it. We just literally will just die of laughter, just quoting this section. And so it's when Healy's talking to both Mary and Magda it's when he's picking her up for on, on their first date. And uh, so Healy has just given Puffer the, uh, the downers. So he's mm-hmm. like creating, cradling the dog like a baby. And so Magda goes, I can tell that you're an animal nut. You are, aren't you? Then Healy goes, you got me pegged. You know, in Nepal, the villagers there call me Kintanti, which means noble man who is loved by many animal, who in kind he loveth too. <laughs> it's so random how he's just, just making up stuff up yeah, yeah. randomly. And then, you know, like, you know, the scene goes on and, you know, Magda offers him a you know like a drink or whatever and then like as she's walking away i don't know if you remember just the way her facial expressions the way she says it she goes Kintanti. <laughs> every was, time i see that i just start crying out. that was that was weird <laughs> oh, i'm like oh man you know what i should <laughs> i should probably change my instagram handle to Kintanti. <laughs> oh dude yeah that would be, and then you should have your bio as something. Yeah, <laughs> my bio Nepal. should be. Yeah, my bio should be. Uh, villagers there called me Kintan, which means noble man who is loved by many animal who in kind loveth too. <laughs> that should be uh, in your I, bio. I, I might, I might do that. I'll, I'll do that, at least for a week. Yeah. Dude. Oh shoot! Well, That'd be good. let's move on to one of our favorite awards. I mean, it comes from uh, Avengers Endgame, and it's the Avengers Assemble Award for favorite scene. So, Jeremy, who is your winner? I was going to say, uh, I was going to give it to that, that, that Pat Healy sets on fire downers scene. Mm-hmm. But I was so torn between that. I actually did like the Frankenbeans scene, <laughs> minus the... The shot of the Frankenbeans. <laughs> yeah. That that I mean, that's pretty much the explanation I'll go into. I like those two scenes, and it's just I would probably put the Frankenbeans scene a little bit lower just because of that. I was like, oh, it goes a little bit too far for me. Yeah, I already know you're not gonna like my Avengers Assemble Award winner. <laughs> uh <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, it, it's pretty gross. It's that scene where... Uh, oh, well, shoot, I know what it is now. <laughs> <laughs> it's that scene where Dom convinces Ted to, I guess, uh, clean the pipes. And it, it, and it shows you like how old this movie is in 1998 when, uh, I guess, Ted's getting, quote-unquote, inspiration from what Bra adds in the uh, newspaper to <laughs> uh, as... Uh, as Warren affectionately said he was masturbating. He was masturbating. And obviously he, he was trying to figure out where that went. And uh, 
he was like looking. He was like, where did it go? He was like trying to search for his clothes. Yeah, yeah. He was like, where did it go? And uh, when he opened the door and the reaction, I again, it's the whole theater experience for me. The reaction watching it the first time and everyone going, oh, and the <laughs> ensuing laughter after is what gets me every time. It's like, and then you marry just with a straight face. Is that hair gel? Oh, I was kind of like, she was basically saying, oh, I was yeah. kind of in a rush. And, and then like literally the, the next scene, her hair is just right. standing. <laughs> just straight up. <laughs> that was yeah. weird. Yeah, that but I, I did find that that scene funny, though, like when it switches to the next shot and her hair the next is just shot, like yeah. sticking up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, for the longest time, I didn't know what they were talking about because <laughs> you're still just grossed out and l- nervously laughing after, you know, she put that quote unquote product in her hair. <laughs> yep. It's, it's pretty gross. <laughs> Ted's product, yeah. Oh man, that was pretty nasty. Well, anyway, we've gotten <laughs> to the our favorite part of the episode, and you know, it's you know, we're both pretty competitive, and uh, we're we're about to guess Rotten Tomato score. And so, last week on our season two premiere for Justice League, we uh, did wipe that slate clean, um, and uh, we're doing you know a whole new competition for season two. I surprisingly, I was surprised that I won last week. And so I'm actually ahead one to nothing. And Jeremy has a chance to, I guess, even up the score. So Jeremy, for there's something about Mary um, and, you know, not, we haven't shared our scores and we haven't looked them up. So, you know, we're playing the honor system. Jeremy, mm-hmm. what is your guess for the Rotten Tomato score? So to, to preface this a little bit, because I know that we were we missed by a mile for dumb and dumber yeah we did <laughs> so i'm gonna say 63 percent. 63 okay we're there's a little bit of a gap so i i wanted to go lower um probably maybe a little bit higher than you i ended up guessing kind of just because it's coming off of the heels of dumb and dumber and then kingpin which i think now that I think about it, I don't know if you'll like it <laughs> just because it's got a little bit more raunchy humor. I, uh, I liked it, but I went a little on the higher side. I'm guessing 77. Ooh, all right. All right. So I'm on RottenTomatoes.com and let's type there's something about Mary 1998. And with a tomato meter of 83. Damn, that's high. I am going to take a second week in a row. But in a reversal of season one, you were actually closer to the audience score with 61. Damn, man. Dude, Dumb and Dumber, you got to be higher on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) I know. Um, And and that's the one that puzzles me because I feel like both characters are so lovable. How do you like hate the movie? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, so I guess going into next week, uh, I will actually be up two to nothing. Uh, this is unnatural for me. I don't think I've ever had a two point <laughs> lead ever, right? Maybe. Well, maybe you no, did I th- during like I think an I've, MCU episode. <laughs> I, no, then, I felt like I was always like chasing you. I think the closest I got was, okay, we're tied or whatever. So mm. this is uncharted water for me uh, to my recollection. Uh, but hey, you know what? Next week we got another movie, and uh, yeah, let's see if uh, Jeremy can get off the schneid 
uh, in our next episode. But before we talk about next week's episode, let's give out our final award of uh, the episode, the I Love You 3000 Award. It's that iconic saying from Morgan Stark uh, that Tony Stark, I guess, reiterated in the afterlife beyond the grave. It was so heartwarming. It was cute. It made us shed a tear from Avengers Endgame. It's where we rate a movie from 1 to 3,000. And so, Jeremy, I'm afraid to ask, <laughs> how would you rate There's Something About Mary? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely found it funny, especially, you know, like I said, with uh, Pat stuff. And I always thought, like, Mary's character is, like, uh, very genuine. So, but obviously there were some things in the movie that didn't work for me. Uh, so I'm going to give it a... 1800 out of 3000 so that's like 60 percent. oh man the way you described it i was expecting something in the 40 percentile oh yeah not that low not that low but considering everything else i've rated on the podcast so far Mm, okay so really this is my first miss in terms of a suggestion of a movie because i felt like for season one i think all the suggested movies you liked right yeah, yeah, but it's definitely not a movie where it's like, man, I kind of wish I didn't see that. I'm glad, I'm still glad I seen, I saw this movie. Okay, okay. Well, especially because it's the Farrelly Brothers. Mm-hmm. It's just to say that I, I've seen it. <laughs> mm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm obviously going to give it a much higher score because it's, I mean, I prefaced this uh, and previewed the movie has one of my favorite uh, comedies of all time because I do like raunchy humor. I like stuff in your face. But, I mean, it did even have, like, those subtle dialogue moments that we had touched on this episode. I, I'm actually giving this episode a 27.54, which is about 91.8%. Nice. I love this movie just because, man, Mary just... Ah, there's something about Mary. <laughs> there's some... Oh, but, yeah, those the, the guys singing... That was always a nice touch, I think. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the one uh, underrated thing about Fairly Brothers movies. Their music is always on point. Their choices are always good. Mm, that's true. I mean, I could I could still hear, uh, I guess, listen to a song from like Dumb and Dumber and be like, oh, I remember that's a part when <laughs> Lloyd does this or whatever. <laughs> you know yeah. What I mean? And then this one, I remember why well, I kind of did a last minute rewatch uh, late last night. And this... Like all today, I was just uh, listening to a bunch of oldies. I was actually listening to Build Me Up Buttercup Radio on Spotify. Mm, nice. But before we close out the episode, Jeremy, do you want to preview next week's episode, episode 24? Yeah, next week, two titans will face off in the epic battle of being the alpha predator on Earth. Godzilla versus Kong. So... Dude, Godzilla versus Kong, I will, I don't know. I don't know if I want to ask you now or later if you're rooting for Godzilla or Kong. Ooh. Um, I'm Asian, so I got to go with Godzilla. Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Godzilla's the best, even though, uh, even though the 1998 version wasn't the best, you know. Yeah. But these latest Godzilla movies... You know, were pretty fun to me, but to, uh, personally, the Kong Skull Island, I wasn't a big fan of. Oh, interesting. You know what? I haven't seen that. I'm actually going to do a rewatch of Godzilla 
and Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and I will try to watch uh, Kong Skull Island uh, all before uh, next week's episode. So I'll be ready to go since all, all right. of them are apparently available now on HBO Max. Yeah, definitely. I, w- I wish I could see it in theaters, but uh, probably can't this week. But Godzilla versus Kong, that's something I would thought I would never say uh, in my lifetime. I mean, but we got Batman versus Superman. Are they going to save Mothra? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, nice. Geez. Very nice. So get that one out of the way. I'm pretty sure everyone's put that out already. <laughs> but oh, that, was, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. That was unexpected. Well, anyway, Jeremy, uh, before we close out the episode, did you have anything to plug uh, for the coming week? Yeah. If you want to follow me or subscribe to me on YouTube, you can go to JP Flicks on YouTube. Awesome. Yeah. For me, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I might change it to Ken Tanti, but until then, it is still free Ken A. Uh, and the uh, spelling will be in the episode notes. And so, uh, Jeremy, was were there any uh, final thoughts that you had for There's Something About Mary before we close the episode? Yeah, I'm just glad that we uh, got to watch this movie. Something very different, especially from la- just last week. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm glad we saw it. I, I think I'm still uh, finding what is my humor. Because mm. like I told you before, I don't watch that many comedies. Mm. Uh, I want to say, who knows? Maybe Dodgeball or something is something like my... Com- I don't Ooh. know. Because I haven't seen all of Dodgeball, but I remember watching it. I thought that was funny. Um, but, yeah, I'm still figuring out my, my humor. But maybe raunchy might not be the, the might be it. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll maybe put that on the uh, docket for either later this season or possibly in season three. Well, because I've seen Dodgeball and I liked it. I haven't seen it in a while. So, um, yeah, I'd be more than happy to host that one for you as well. Again, uh, we want to uh, thank you all uh, for listening to the podcast and anything that you guys do to, to support us, whether it's following us on social media, uh, just interacting with our uh, weekly poll. Uh, we definitely do thank you for listening to the Weekly Real podcast. I mean, uh, me and Jeremy, we go out of our way to share you know our passions with you guys. And, uh, you know, we're... We just want to keep that conversation going between the two of us uh, and you all. And so, again, thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time on The Real. (laughs) 